What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. It's finally spring, Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going very well. Thank you, as always, for asking. I appreciate, appreciate the optimism on a beautiful day like today. The cold is out. Got hot all of a sudden. and uh, Appreciate it. On Tuesday, I was just freezing my little nuts off. Yeah, it's not. It's like we're we're done with this cold. Yeah, it's it's over. I'm ready for six months of sweltering heat. Spring training is almost done, Bo. It is. Like season starts in like a week. That's next, crazy. Next week will be our season preview episode. That's wild. The uh-huh. XFL is really into full swig. Yeah, how are your Battlehawks doing? I haven't. You know what? I haven't uh, watched it since like week one. You know, there was funny. There was a uh, there was a game. Can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but I saw it advertised as like St. Louis Battlehawks versus some other random team. And I was like, I wonder if Adam's actually giving a shit and watching this today. I will watch the championship. You'll watch the championship, yeah. even if it doesn't have the St. Louis Battlehawks in it. Yes, okay. I will. Um, When's the championship? Like next week? Is it like a five week season or something? I think it's like 10 games, okay. something like that. So it's probably about playoff time for the, the eight teams in the league. It's just pathetic. Yeah. Um, well, we got to talk our alternative sports before we get into the real stuff. Yes. Did that has you, become like a recurrent. That's like our structure now. Did it's you end up getting into the World Baseball Classic at Didn't all? Didn't watch an inning, except for when we left that restaurant last week. It was like Israel versus, I can't remember who they were playing, but they were losing 7 nothing. I looked up and watched two pitches. Heard it was very exciting. I think you should have given this thing more of a chance, because I, I, A, I didn't realize that MLB is like who like basically forms this tournament. And I think that it is great for the game of baseball in general. Oh, yeah. No, I don't doubt it. Like, you're going to get a lot of eyes. Like, you got a lot of eyes on baseball just because it's got that Olympic-style right. feel. It, it was also go- nice to see Shohei Otani and Mike Trout in a high-level s- situation. Uh, you know, they always set all these records. It's like you see all these headlines. Otani hits three home runs, strikes out 14. Trout hits for cycle. Angels lose 7-3. to three. You know? Yeah, I mean it's it is. I mean it was cool to just be able to watch those guys. I sure. mean, granted, I didn't see Trout do much the entire time, but like Otani, man, he is just next level. It's yeah, he's that, a that's one of those guys who, for us, he just disappears out there in California. We never really see him play, and um, yeah, he's nasty, man. Yeah, but it was crazy that that whole <clears throat> uh, Japanese team that ended up beating the U.S. three to two the other night, like they had. So you Darvish pitched the eighth inning, and he gave he was up. He's pitching a run. for Japan, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah great. <laughs> <laughs> so he pitched the eighth, and then Otani pitched the ninth. But like, they had all these guys pitching like the first seven innings that are just nasty, and like you, you know, never heard of getting out all these all stars, and like yeah. it really makes you appreciate how good like that Korean league is as well. Like we always just kind of like assume it's going to be like you know what like European basketball is to the NBA. Although they, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of great Japanese players over the years. I mean, you talk about Hideo Nomo, Ichiro, uh, Hideki Matsui, but you're naming some of the biggest ones. Like th- yeah. this was like five different guys that I've never heard of in my life. Right, that come out and just look nasty. I, I say those names because those guys were good when they came over. They played against a high caliber of competition, even though not every Japanese player is going to come over and play in major league baseball. doesn't mean that more than what you see could come over and play at the major league level if they wanted to. Yeah. So. And I heard, uh, as they were playing a lot of those games in Miami, they played all like the, I think, semifinals and uh, championship there. And like the five or six games they played in that stadium was, was like a fourth of the entire attendance that they had last year 
for the Marlins. Uh, so at least that stadium finally generated a little revenue. So yeah. good, good for them. Yeah. And I, I think the World Baseball Classic is cool. I've watched it before. It just didn't do anything for me. I was not interested in watching it this year. I think it's also it's happening right when, you know, the uh, college basketball tournaments were starting, the conference tournaments, and then into March Madness, and I was just fully glued in on that shit. So it just never – it was never like, oh, yeah, I got to go watch the World Baseball Classic. Even though I think it's cool. Like, I, even though I didn't watch it, I'm not anti. I'm not anti-World Baseball Classic at all. I know a lot of people came out after Edwin Diaz's injury and were like, We've got to just, this thing is awful. Like Keith Olbermann, I hate Keith Olbermann so much. I think he's a putz, but he came out and he was talking about how, you know, Freddie Freeman pulled his hamstring and Edwin Diaz is out for the season all because of this world baseball class, this exhibition baseball league or whatever, or tournament. And it's like, you know what? This is, you know, a time for all these different athletes to get together. They have pride in their country. They represent their country through the purity of sport. I don't even know if these guys are getting paid or what, you know, what the deal is with that. And yes, at the end of the day, in terms of how it affects Major League Baseball, in terms of uh, the season and everything, probably doesn't you know it doesn't affect it at all. Really, it might affect the audience in terms of getting people ready for baseball. But I think it's a really cool thing for the game. It only happens once every four or five years or something. I have no issue with it. And if someone gets injured, you know, during it, that's the risk they take. You know, so be it. I think it's a cool thing. I don't know why people are so upset about it. It's just because they're losing players they like, and they're like, "Why are they doing this when they should just be focused on Major League Baseball?" It's like, I, I mean, I can understand that argument to a degree, but getting so angry about it is is absurd. I, I don't know why you can't see the other side, the players being like, they want to go there and represent their country on a world stage. Because you got to have a take, Grammy. If you're not angry about something, you're not going to be in sports radio. Sure, you, it's the opinion business, Graham. Gotta have an opinion. You can have an opinion, but it's like they're just such assholes about it. They're like it doesn't matter. It's like if it doesn't, if it didn't matter, it wouldn't be televised, and all these athletes wouldn't be doing it. It does matter. It matters to them. There's an audience for it, like you said, thousands of people, Marlin Stadium packed, television ratings rivaled March Madness, sometimes superseded it. People around the world were into this event. And with the injuries, like you can get you get injured in spring training as well, like. Hot off the press, Graham. Reese Hoskins went down today. Ooh. Like he, like it's a terrible knee injury. So that wasn't the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. Michael Soroka pulled his hamstring and, uh, you know, a while ago, but you know, delayed his spring training debut. <laughs> Not the World Baseball Classic's fault. Sure. Uh, I like, that's a good, yeah, I like where your head's at. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah add Soroka to the list of things to discuss later, Graham. Yes. We won't get him to him now. But no. We got updates there. Sure. But I think I'm done with the World Baseball Classic, okay. uh, XFL. Um, Atlanta United. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, that Tiago guy. Tiago. Can't remember. 23. I, I know the number. I could be wrong about that, too. But uh, we got to come he, up. He, he's good. Like the best best player in MLS good. Yeah. No, he's like makes Joseph Martinez look like... Uh, your 50-year-old uncle playing soccer. We're not going to have him for long. No. It is crazy, though. So, like, if he gets... That's what happens when, you have, when this is minor league soccer. This is not the, the premier stage. It is cool, though, when, like... So he's going to get bought out by some team in Europe. They're going to pay Arthur Blank $50 million. And that money just goes, like, back into the team. So it's not like it's just... It's not like just having a free agent for one year or trading for a guy at the trade deadline and then losing him and getting nothing. Like you get that money. So, you know, I guess enjoy him while you can. Almada? Almada. Almada. Yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, they crushed uh, Philadelphia on when was that Saturday night? Yep, but appears to be <laughs> the times of old for the Atlanta United. Then we'll finish off our alternative Atlanta sports segment by discussing the Hawks, <laughs> <laughs> who have now set the NBA record, Graham. For it's now twenty-seven straight games they have played within one game of five hundred. It's unbelievable. And the way they lost last night on the buzzer beater by who was it Towns? Yeah, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Just, and they didn't play a terrible game. I don't think like that game was back and forth. It was a decent game, um, but they had that awful game on what Sunday when they scored eighty three in the first in, in the first half, yeah, and then like thirty in the second half. And I watched like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. It was embarrassing. Like sure. everyone was scared. Yeah, like Trey would just go in and have a wide open layup and like pass it. Like he didn't want to shoot, right? But then they they beat Golden State on uh, Friday night. It's so frustrating. Yeah, not that Golden State's having a great season, but you know you still consider the caliber of yeah, John of, Collins of coach. went off. So yeah, John Collins went off. I love John Collins talking about you know <clears throat> State Farm Arena getting taken over by some Golden State fans, and they just put up a dud and give up eighty three points to San Antonio in the first half and lose to San Antonio, a team that's what twenty twenty five games under five hundred in full rebuild mode. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll bring it if you bring it, John. Well, it's like games like that where there's been a couple just like brutal losses this year, and we're only like three, three and a half back of that sixth spot. And if you just like win the games you're supposed to, yeah, if you could just win, I don't know, four out of seven, it's yeah. not asking too much for a team that's half decent. No, but I mean, I think it's great. Uh, Coach Snyder said, like, kind of joking about the game to the Spurs, how it's like, well, you know, this is a really good one. To look at the tape for, because we like the first half, that's like as good as we're ever going to play. And the second half is as bad as we're ever going to play. So like we kind of know where our issues are. So like I, it, I think at the end of the day, it's great that he is in here and he is seeing and like analyzing the personnel and like yeah. what's wrong, what works, what doesn't. Sure. So we scored 80 points in the first half. Yes. I thought we gave up 80 points in the first half. No. Oh, that's even worse than. We were up. Oh, God. We were up 26 points. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. yeah. I did not watch that one, obviously. Sweet Jesus. It was interesting watching the game last night, though. I thought Trey, particularly in the first half, was doing a really good job distributing good passes inside to a Kongu. He was taking good threes and making them. Um, you know, not these logo threes. He was getting open and taking open three-pointers. I would say, like, overall, with him with Quinn Snyder so far, I like he's got, like, a – there's not as much of a nervous energy to me with him out there. He seems to be playing a little more confidently, feeling his game a little more. It, felt, it feels like this year, even though he's done well, you know, with his floater, the penetration, the kickouts, the the passing and everything, the shot hasn't been there. The confidence hasn't been there. The look um, and the results. But I, I'm liking overall, even though I know that Spurs game is horrible, but I'm, I'm, I'm liking overall what I'm seeing from Trey and Quinn together, even though it's very early days and people still need to just – Slam on their brakes in terms of overreacting to this Hawks team. It's just, this is who they are this year. They're not going to be any better. They're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Just accept it. And I think you're exactly right, though. Even though this is an unprecedented situation for Quinn Snyder, he's getting a head start on next year. This is about next year. This is about building to it. This isn't about winning this year. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, be prepared for some very frustrating playoff basketball. We might win the play-in tournament and... You know, lose quickly to the number one seed. How many games is the is like best of three, right? Yeah. So probably win the first, lose the second, win the third, win the third. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So Graham, that's your alternative 
sports. I think it's hilarious. The segment. Hawks are in the alternative sports section. I can talk live golf as well if you want to. No, I'm no interested in that shit. Well, maybe the people are interested in live golf. You've been following live golf at all, Graham? No. Do you know anything about it? This is the Saudi-backed league? Yeah, it's, I know it's very sketchy. A lot of people have uh, opinions about it because of the people involved with who uh, runs it. I, I, are, I, love, uh, I love it because I, I, I got very into PGA. Uh, like, I'm, I'm team PGA Tour. And I, I, I want to watch this league just crash and burn. And, like, the TV ratings are coming out. They, they play their tournaments on the CW, Graham. Live Golf does. And they get their ratings, like, it could be a rerun of, like, America's Funniest Home Videos, and that'll outdo the Live Golf Tournament. That's hilarious. And, like, they're paying, like, players $50 million signing bonuses, and it's just, it's going to be spectacular to watch it crash and burn and then, like, see the documentary on Netflix a couple years from now. Right. About this whole process and, like, how it was one of the biggest failures ever. So I look forward to that. Okay. Yeah. That's the aspect of it you're into. Gotcha. Oh yeah, not yeah, not no. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not tuning into the CW. Sure. To contribute to their ratings. It's like the Hawks being on PAX. You know, it's just it's kind of sad. I, I'm sure the Hawks on PAX got better ratings than I doubt Live it. Golf. When the Hawks were on PAX, that was like dark days. That's when you're winning like 30 games a year. But if that, people still watched it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I know you and I did. Yeah, but that, that might have you it's know like we, channel. 13? 13. Yeah. I think it was 13. 12 or 13. Something, something like there. that. Yeah. yeah. 13 might have been the WB. But anyways, Graham, now that'll wrap up your okay. alternative sports segment. And we can get into the, the real shit. The, the real sports. Um, let's talk about the Braves. The Braves haven't really kicked off the real sports segment in a minute. Um, the big news, shocking news, is that Braden Shoemake and Von Grissom get option after they both have really good springs. Von Grissom also hit 371, but I guess that wasn't good enough. Because Brian Snicker and company are way more interested in quote-unquote depth and starring a guy at shortstop in Orlando Arcia that has posted negative war in six of his eight seasons and hasn't, has a, hasn't had a positive D-war season in, I think, five seasons. They're more comfortable with him starting at shortstop than they are giving um, Von Grissom a chance, despite the fact that he played admirably this spring and has a much higher ceiling. I do not understand this. The depth piece of it all is Adrianza. If they if they had Grissom or Shoemake up here, they couldn't have precious Adrianza. I do not understand this move. This doesn't make the team better. Um, don't get it. I'm I'm staunchly against this. And that's not to say that this will be how it is for the rest of the season. I don't know if there's service time manipulation going on. Um, I just think it's a little bit of horseshit. I think we don't know the real reason yet. I like... The service time thing, I think if you look at this franchise at all over the last couple of years, like that's a dumb argument. They definitely did it with Acuna. We're, a thousand percent did it with Acuna. But it didn't matter because... It didn't matter. No, because we signed him to a mega... I mean, we signed him to a contract way before that extra Yeah, but they, they were more interested in. in punting, the not punting the first month of the season, but not having him in there for the first month of the season um, to, to, to manipulate his service time. There's no... There's, that's indefensible. The recent history... That was, what, 2018? Yeah, it was five years ago. That's not that recent. The recent history with this franchise... Same regime. ...is that we are bringing people up a lot earlier. So it's not it's not like we're scared to play young guys. No. And... I don't get... What, can you explain... I know you said you can't... Exp, that we don't know the real reason. What is your opinion on it? Uh, I'm just talking through some okay. of the... So, like, I, I don't think it's service time manipulation. Okay. Um, I don't think... 
Like they both had good spring training, like stat wise, you know. Um, Arcia was he's been fine. Like he's a fine player. He's he's, he's not a fine player. He's not Adam. bad. He's he's, he's a two forty four career hitter of the six sixty five OPS. He's an okay player. Negative WAR in six of his eight seasons. He's not very good. He had one good year when he was a full time starter for Milwaukee in like twenty eighteen. Once again, five years ago. I think at the end of the day, they just must not fully trust Vaughn's glove yet, and Shoemake hasn't hit at all over the last two years and like double and triple a and like he had a good 23 at bats this spring but i guess you can't trust that yet yeah so they want to see it a little bit more like and i never expected she make was never supposed to be in this position i'm not even really that upset about him i'm more upset about grissom not getting a shot to come in here and and, and solidify himself um and let him mess up let him make mistakes if he's going to be the guy, let's let's get him out there as much as we can. Yeah, I mean, I don't fully understand the justification. I mean, I, I get what they're saying with Adrianza. Like, he's, like, a decent guy to have. And but like, but in, you injuries go- happen all the time. We saw it last year. And, like, we had to go out and, like, make a trade to get Adrianza last year. So if if we bring up Grissom, then Arcia's the backup. Adrianza doesn't have minor league options, so he's probably going to opt out. And okay, who cares then? Like Adrian's is a replaceable player. Injuries do happen. Is Ozzy fully healthy? I don't know. He looks pretty damn good so far. Yeah, maybe he is. Um, I, I don't think it's like anything worth getting worked up about. It's like once again we're talking about our number nine hitter, but a guy who plays the most important position uh, defensively on the infield. Yeah, so obviously they think Arcia's defense is better than Grissom's. So if that's the case, it's fine. Okay. He's got some pop. Arcia like, did play pretty decently down the stretch when Ozzy was hurt last year, um, offensively, especially. So I mean, maybe he can carry that over. He had a big home run the other day in spring training. I'm just not going to get my get, but his track record is shit. So I'm not going to get my hopes up for him. Yeah, no one's expecting him to come in here and be a 280 hitter, and it's not like he's Angelton Simmons with a glove either. Like he's average to yeah, maybe average, level above average well, he's, he's below average he's posted negative d war the last five seasons or something like that look obviously we don't see them play every day i don't think this was a decision made without a lot of thought and at the end of the day this regime has earned our trust sure you know but like, it doesn't mean they also can't make mistakes yeah and I, and who's no maybe maybe who knows maybe this isn't a mistake but it just it it was the last thing i think everyone was expecting to see yeah no it's odd and like when you look at the battle for the fifth spot, like they are trusting the spring training stats with Schuster and Dodd, whereas you know Grissom and Shoemake put up great stats as well, but obviously that that wasn't enough. So it's it's kind of conflicting there. Yeah, and everybody's different. I mean, every position's different. The way they evaluate positions are different. Um, and I think especially Schuster has been so good that he can't be denied. He has the best spring training ERA. Pitched six innings again today. I think I want to give it one runner. Like he was just he was he was fantastic again. Um, especially it's not just like he was pitching a couple innings, three innings. He threw six innings against like pretty much the Mets regular line. Yeah, and shut him down like no problem. Two so, runs. Yeah. So again, that's not to say it's going to carry over to the regular season. We don't know what's going to happen. But at this point in spring training, you're starting to play your everyday guys in their positions longer. Pitchers are going longer. You're starting to see how teams are going to operate. This is a great sign today that he did that, and I think. Uh, for sure, he's. I mean, no respect, disrespect to Dodd, but 
Schuster's just been a little better, I think, and probably will get that fifth spot. Who knows how long he'll have it, though? That's the thing. We don't know. But yeah. he's he's been off the charts good. Like sure. he's he's there's a thing like even with Grissom hitting 371, could you say his defense is like undeniably good to the point where it's like we'd be idiots not to start this guy at shortstop? No. You know, make the same argument for Schuster. Yeah, you would be an idiot if he's not on your opening day roster. He's been undeniable. I mean, Dodd's right there with him, though. Yeah, no, he's like second second yeah. best or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can make the argument that he could get it. But I think Schuster's just been a little little better, which is unfortunate for Dodd because any other scenario, he's walking away with the fifth, uh, fifth spot in the rotation. Sure. What about the, the good news from this week? Uh, Soroka made his first yeah. start. Yeah, pitched a couple innings, gave up, um, I think, two or three runs, but a lot of soft contact, apparently. Velocity was good, sitting in the mid-90s. I think he touched 95 as well. And he wasn't hurt at all afterwards, um, which is good. So very positive. I think the big thing for Soroka was not the results, but more so, is he healthy afterwards? How does his how, how, how do his pitches look? You know, more so than the execution of them. One, one of the first batters of the game hit like a little dribbler out in front of the mound. Which is like, oh god, that's the play that he Hashtag injured flashback. himself on. Yeah. yeah, and he fielded it without any issues through strike to first, and he said it was great to get tested that early and realize, oh, I wasn't even thinking about it while I was doing it, and he was just playing baseball. Yeah, so I think everyone's rooting for him, but uh, he'll, he'll probably get one more start this spring, and then um, you know start the season in AAA and see where it goes. That Gwinnett team's going to be loaded. Yeah. You got um, Grissom, Shoemake. Yeah, it's going to be Grissom, Grissom at short, Shoemake at second is what we're hearing. Yeah. There's all this nonsense about maybe this means, like, they're going to flex Grissom to left and have Shoemake be the shortstop. No, Eddie Rosario has looked pretty, he looked great for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, which was really encouraging. Marcelo Zuna has also looked pretty damn good at the dish this spring training yeah he's been raking man it's like every day look he's got two hits yeah and that'd be wild if he came back. if he came back and could be anywhere close to 2020 ozuna that would just be a steal to 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 paraphrase chip carry that'd be like getting a free agent signing or a big making a big trade deadline deal without actually making the trade exactly god i hate that shit but it would be um chip's right he is right you know, every once in a while, even though he's even when he's right, he's annoying. Um, but it's it's positive seeing what Ozuna and Rosario are doing. I don't think there's a chance that Grissom's going to be flexed to left field because everybody knows, even Arcia knows, that he's not the long term answer at shortstop. He is a stopgap. He is the Marcus Mariota of the no, short. But, but the what infield. if Shoemake? They see him is like his defense is ready now. We just need to prove his bad, and then he's our shortstop. And, okay, fine. I mean, that could be a that could be a possibility too. I'm just saying, Arcia is not the long term answer. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think anyone says yeah. that he is. So what, I, what I'm getting at is that I would be very shocked if <coughs> Arcia is the guy for like the entirety of the season. Something catastrophic would have to happen for that to occur, or Arcia just plays his ass off and finds uh, some untapped abilities never shown before. Say the odds are against that, but it does it does look bad to me, and it doesn't and looks don't really matter that much. But it is an odd look when you're like, all right, fuck Dansby, go to Chicago, Grissom, you're probably the guy. Comes in, does well, 
And then, well, never mind. This is why you shouldn't ever leak anything. I mean, and generally, they don't talk to the press at all. Like, if they had just not put out this, like, Ron Washington right. crap and all that, yeah. then we would just be like, huh, I don't know. Probably Arcia, see what happens. But because, like, everyone was expecting it to be Grissom if he had a good spring. Yeah. And no one said anything <clears throat> bad. Like, both Washington, Snitker, um, Anthopolis have all said, like, no one did anything wrong. You know, you know this depth, you know, they kept bringing up depth. They keep bringing up more development time, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm, uh, I'm not a fan of the move, but what the hell do I know? I mean, you see the depth coming to play all the time. Like, we're already seeing it in the bullpen where a part of all those trade, I'm not trades, a part of all the people they sent down earlier this week, they also sent Nick Anderson down. Guy we were talking about last week as a potential big arm in the bullpen. And then already he's probably going to be coming back up because Rysel Iglesias, our closer, is now having shoulder issues. And right. he's going to be put down for a little bit. Right, which sucks right before the season. And he will not be ready for opening day. So there's that. But I, I just hate the depth argument because it just it feels like it just makes your team worse. I don't know. It's just like... Okay, so what if we don't have Adrianza? Someone gets hurt, RC gets plugged in, and then you go find someone else. It's not like you got to move heaven and earth to to find a depth piece. I mean, Anthopoulos did say it's like he's like, look, I, I know that games at the beginning of the year matter just as much as the end. He's like, look at us, we won by one game. He's like, you don't think that I don't think these April games are important? He's like, I make, seem like it. I am making the move that I think is the best for this team. Okay, like. How much better do you think Grissom could possibly be than Arcia? I think he, he, like, do you see him coming in here and hitting 280? It's possible. At, do you forget what he did at the end of last year? You forget how he started? I remember. And do you forget that he's also a super young kid that might be on the cusp of potentially being a. We just don't know. The thing is, we know what we're getting with Arcia. We don't know what we're getting with Grissom. And that's a hell of a lot more exciting uh, the potential that he has. He just lost his legs. You know, he wasn't used to the major league grind. Now he is. Now he's ready to go out there, it seems like. He did nothing in spring training to make the argument that he isn't ready. So I would rather let the guy who has the best ceiling come in here and try to win the job because he's done nothing to lose it. What if Arcia helps you win games more in April and May, but Grissom helps you win June, July, August? I mean, that'd be great if is it works the, out like that. Is that not the best decision for the team then? It certainly could be, but that's just looking into the future. I look at track record and potential. And I know RCS track record, and I know Grissom's. I don't know Grissom's potential, but he he flashed some really great shit last year. So I just think the depth argument is bullshit. I'm tired of it. I don't know about this potential argument. What, what stats you base in the potential? He on? came up and hit like 350 for three weeks and hit seven home runs. He was awesome. I would love to see you in like these meetings at the table. As like I would say, fuck depth. I would I would tell Anthopolis to his face. I was like, fuck your depth. If you can't get someone else other than Arcia, and Arcia, Adrianza, then what the hell are we doing here? I, if if one of if my young shortstop Grissom goes down, plug in Arcia, fine. If Arcia goes down, you plug in Adrianza, or you, or then you know, then you're just who cares? I don't get it. Adrianza doesn't need to be on this roster. It doesn't doesn't freaking matter. It's silly. Okay. It's absolutely silly. I'd rather have the kid than Arcia, and then if. The kid goes down or see a plugged in, and then you can go find someone in the minor leagues, make a very small trade, even though I know, hey, Alex, maybe stop trading with Oakland every year, 20 prospects. Maybe you'll have some other people down there that could fit in your your death issues. I don't know. Fuck. 
it's just it's just frustrating to me that depth is the reason we're doing this when well, you can very like, easily we substitute a guy like our uh, Adrianza. I don't think we know the real. They're not saying publicly the real reason. Yeah, because the depth thing sounds like much of bullshit, doesn't it? To me, at least, I don't know. I would. I hope you're right I because I think the depth thing is justifiable. Crap. But it's I think crap. They they saw Grissom every single day. They did. If if and, and maybe if, he needs more. Yeah, maybe yeah, he if he was a Cunha and he was ready to go, you know, he's he's coming. Sure. So, I just like to see it, man. Well, you'll see it eventually, Graham. Okay. You, I think it's funny that Dansby Swanson's hitting like a thirty-five. I love it. And I, he's I got read, like a thirty-five percent strikeout rate or something. I read my first article about uh, is it time for the Cubs to panic about Dansby Swanson? <laughs> <laughs> he's got to suck in he's, April. He's going to get grilled too. That Chicago media is uh, leaves no prisoners, man. You hear all, we never talked about all the shit he talked about Atlanta too. A little punk. Yeah, he's kind of out there talking shit about Atlanta a little bit, isn't he, Greg? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, he's, he, he says, uh, you know, Atlanta's professional sports aren't as big a deal as Chicago professional sports, which I would say historically is is true in the sense of the tradition of Chicago sports versus the tradition of Atlanta sports. You look at the Bulls who win, you know, six NBA titles in the 90s. You look at the Blackhawks won a bunch of Stanley Cups. Uh, the Cubs have always been beloved. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you just have certain cities where like fans are going to be more. I mean, they're certainly more boisterous. Yeah, like they've and, been there forever, and they live and die with it. Like, yeah, Wrigley Field is never not full. Yeah, like people are born, grow up, and die in Chicago, and that's not really the case in Atlanta, except for us. You know, we're we're one of the few people that will probably do that or at least you know we'll always be diehard Atlanta sports fans regardless of where we wind up but I just think it's just it's just the way he did it the way he said it it was just so backhanded and disrespectful to a city that fully embraced Dansby that loved Dansby that wanted to be spanked by Dansby uh, like our friend Caitlin Still who had that amazing sign after the World Series that said Dansby spanked me during the parade and he reacted to it. I'm sure she appreci- appreciates the first and last name call out there. Oh yeah, you, gotta, <laughs> you know, don't do anything if you don't want to be called out. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, it was a great sign. But I'm just saying, people were behind are behind Dansby a thousand percent in Atlanta. I think. Yeah. But and now he just says pretty much tells us all to go, fu- you know, fuck ourselves. I, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like at the end of the day, like I'm not I've moved on from Dansby. Like I it's a lot easier to move on from him than that, it is from Freddie. That contract's gonna look bad, man. Oh, it's, it's awful. gonna look so bad. Dansby's uh, probably worth a hundred mil for his defense alone, for the length of that contract. Yeah. And just a re- refresher for those that may have forgotten, his contract wound up being hundred and seventy seven million. Yeah. That's, over six or seven years. That's wild. Yeah. So that's like what we're paying Matt Olson. Yeah, who's having the best spring train of his life. Seventh home run today. Yeah, he looks locked in. Wrap that man up. Ship him up to Atlanta. Don't let anyone Yeah, he doesn't need to play him. anymore. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a new little rivalry now with the Cubs. There ain't going to be no rivalry. The Cubs are jack- they're dog shit. It's not going to be a rivalry for like until two or three years from now, I maybe. Saw, I saw someone posting about how they can't wait till like September when Dansby comes to Atlanta for the I'll, first time. I'll, I'll boo him. The Cubs are going to be like... You know, like fifty-two and eighty-five, and it's be like, who the hell is this guy playing shortstop for them again? Like, yeah, what what is he doing? What, why is his name Dansby? I can't just be Daniel or Dan Dansby. What a loser! Well, who's that guy? I, I would I would boo Dansby. I don't think he's worth booing. He's worth booing after that. I, 
I'll boo him. Do you the, remember the exactly next time- what he said, Graham? He says he, he, he just been talking a lot of shit about Atlanta. He said it's not like that. That sports in Atlanta aren't a, aren't a big deal when the Braves have like the best attendance over the last two seasons. You go down to the Battery and you tell me the sports in Atlanta is not a big deal. Yeah, Get, all the people posted up at Goldberg's Bagels on tell a Sunday Stakey. afternoon. Tell them, Stakey. Don't tell me about Atlanta not being a big deal. Yeah, the, yeah. the Braves draw huge and have been drawn huge for the last four years. Don't tell me it's not a big deal. You like the reason the Falcons don't draw is they suck. You know, the reason the Hawks haven't drawn since the Eastern Conference Final is they suck. We aren't just going to show up and shell out our money for nothing. We got plenty of shit to do around here. We'll still watch, but we ain't going to go to every freaking game, man. Up yours, Dansby. Yeah. In fairness, I'm still not going. I might just be a not go to games guy. Yeah, I don't think you've been to a Hawks game. Oh yes, I went to a couple of Braves games last year, maybe. Yeah, I usually go at least. 10 Braves games. I went to. Yeah, you're better at that than me. I, yeah. I, I like the idea of going to Hawks game, but I just don't do it. We got we got to go to that the the 76ers game. It's happening. Why? Because uh, John wants to go. It'll be fun. When's that? I think like April 18th or something. That weekend. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> if if you if, like, you got to be pulling me. I'll pull you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think about it sometimes, like, I could just get on MARTA and go to a Hawks game. It's a great concept. It's, like, right next, like, I literally walk to the MARTA station next to my house and just and just go. I work down there. I, I love yeah. the concept of, like, you know, I feel like this was, like, a 90s dad thing to do. Just, like, you know, be working downtown, you know. Then go to the game. Stay, keep your car at the garage. Yeah. Just walk up to, the like, a bar, get a couple beers, and then go to the game. Sure. That's something we could do. We absolutely could do it. But I just don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Well, it's just there's not a lot of impetus to go to a Hawks game. But maybe once I get there, I'll be like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, no. I you, like sports. Yeah, of course. I, I would like to go to at least one Hawks game before the end of the year. I just struggle to watch them on television because they're so damn infuriating. Yeah. No, I mean, I would definitely rather watch my St. Louis Battle Hawks than the, than the Atlanta, Atlanta Hawks right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Um. Well, let's take a quick break, do the DraftKings thing, hear a word from our friends from DraftKings, then we'll wrap this puppy up. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just starting up on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long. So be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. All right. Um, I would still throw down all your money on UConn to win the national championship. They still look great. I said this last week. They made the Sweet 16 with ease pretty much. Um, But for individual matchups... I really like the Miami versus Houston game. Miami's getting seven and a half points. Houston dodged a bullet in the first round of the tournament. They looked a little better in the round of 32. Miami is a solid team coached by Jim Laranega. They've He's gone to multiple Sweet 16s, Elite 8s. He went to the Final Four with George Mason all those years ago, if you remember that. Uh, really good coach. I don't know if they're going to win, but they're going to keep it close. And Houston's a little banged up. Um so I think this is this is a good spread to get on the action on DraftKings Sportsbook. Seven and a half points right now on Miami. That would be my uh, my bet to make for Friday night's action in the tournament. 
Here's what you need to do, folks. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam. So Falcons, uh, the slew of free agents that we were getting slowed down. Can't blow all that money everywhere all at once. But they did sign Mac Hollins, the former Raiders wide receiver who busted out in a big way, hadn't really done much uh, in his career, but had a really good season last year where he had 57 catches for 690 yards um, and apparently profiles to be the number two receiver at him, according to some sources for your Atlanta Falcons, listed at six foot four. So don't know anything about this guy, really. Uh, coming off a solid season, we'll see how he integrates for the rest of the receiving core. But, you know, it is one of those things where you look at the receiving core and you're like, man, it's just like Drake London, which is fine. And then Frank Darby and Rashawn Henry and all these other people I never heard of. And it's like, man, we really are. We knew we were thin there, but we're really thin at receiver. So hopefully this guy is a welcome addition to the receiving core. Yeah, and, and he's he's six four, you know. Arthur Smith likes his tall receivers and he's rated as one of the best uh run blocking wide receivers in the league as well. So it checks out and he so this guy I do know that last year he took a lot of uh snaps away from Hunter Renfro mm. with the Raiders and like Hunter Renfro was supposed to be their number two and Matt Collins was their number two. So it seems like this could be a good value signing for us. And we also we did sign another D tackle as well, Graham. Uh, Eddie Goldman from the Bears. I know you're going to look at the the box score and not be impressed, but apparently he's a beefy boy in the middle. Was highly respected in the Bears organization, and he'd actually retired at 29. And we talked him out of retirement. So yeah, they're, feels- they're adder, adding like you know veterans to the the mix. And yeah, like, I mean, you have to have a rotation. Yeah, it feels like know? a depth sign. I think he has like one and a half sacks or something uh, through his career. No, he has 13 like sacks in 13 his 13 sacks. I thought he had really like a, I can't remember. I just know like he's not thought of to be like some super impressive guy that's going to come in and blow the doors off the hinges or anything like that. But more of, as you were saying, depth piece. But having a guy like this versus like an undrafted free agent is our like fourth T tackle. That's a good thing. Sure. And I hope Taquan Graham is able to come back strong. I know he's, doing the rehab thing right now after that injury last season. But yeah, we need as excited as I am for the combination of, uh, Anya Meta and Grady Jarrett. You can never, I, I always am interested in signing more and more piece, people to play on both sides of the trenches. There you go, Graham. Yeah. And I don't really, you know, I know the big thing, another big thing that happened this week was, uh, People were very disappointed in the, uh, who is it, Jalen Carter from Georgia. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy who was a potential number one overall pick who now might drop to us at eight. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I really want that guy. Sounds like he had a horrible pro day, gained nine pounds. Um, Within like a, lot, a week. Yeah, there are a lot of character issues apparently as well based off this horrendous uh, – street racing thing he was involved in that resulted in the death of a couple of people 
I think that's more of him just being a dumb kid and wrong place, wrong time. I don't, I don't think that means he's like a bad person. No, I'm not saying he's a bad person, but I'm just saying you just look at that and it's like, well, if you do that, then it sort of just sets up a thing where it's like, could there be, you know, a chance for repeated behavior or something stupid like that? I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like you see that and immediately turns you off of, of weighing the guy from it. And, I, and I'm not even like a, a, you know, John Abraham was apparently an asshole. Right, but he's not getting in street races and running, you know, and and being involved in the deaths of people and shit like that. John Abraham came in and just got double digit sacks every year. No, I don't think anybody ever said like he was the best teammate or the best guy or like a guy who really brought us together in the locker room, but he performed and didn't really have any, you know, horrific character issues going on. So not saying like I said, I'm not saying he's a terrible guy, I'm just saying involved in something very sketchy. Um, and then not taking care of himself and not showing out a pro day. just It's just strike after strike after strike, regardless of the talent uh, right now, for at least in respect to Jalen Carter. So, you have any thoughts on uh, Nolan Smith? He's the outside linebacker with the Bulldogs who was projected to kind of be like end of first round guy, but then he like ran like a freaking 4 3 or something at the combine. Yeah. And now he's kind of getting. Who was your boy with the Cowboys that you said we should have drafted? Oh, uh, Mika Parsons. Yeah, he's, yeah. Getting, he's getting comparisons to Parsons. Yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with drafting him. I mean, I only saw a few Georgia games last year, but he always stood out as a, as a monster to me. I mean, that whole Georgia defensive, that whole Georgia defense was just sick, especially the front seven. So. I'm 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 for it, honestly. Um, especially that four three at the combine. I think sometimes people t- put a little too much stock in how you know high people can jump and how fast people can run in a really you know uh, in, a, in the split second or not a split second, but just in a, in a moment, right? It's just like one moment that's evaluated and has so so much weight behind it. But I mean, results were there at Georgia, man. So I'm, I'm you can't teach speed, Bo. No, and I'm I'm not against that. And the comparisons to Parsons. Um, yeah, it says a lot. Cause I I was on the Parsons train before anybody, not before anybody, but I was like, we should draft this guy. Yeah, and we didn't. So I would not be upset at drafting him. He also fills a position of of need. He's a very talented player. More importantly, yeah, I'm ready to get this draft here. Um, kind of excited to see what we're gonna do. We, I think we have a decent idea of the direction we're gonna go. Yeah, I, I would think either end or there's that Gonzalez, the top cornerback the overall. Guy. Yeah, he yeah. Might, he might be available. I wouldn't be upset about that. I'd still rather get someone on the D, D line, though, man. I just because I feel like you you addressed. I mean, you've also, you've addressed a lot of things in free agency so far. You've addressed the secondary with Bates. You've addressed the pass pass rush with Ellis, and to a lesser degree, on Yumeta. But get a true defensive end would be spectacular. That you feel like can come in here and be immediately a game changer. You know, there's other players out there too. Right there's uh, that Tyree Wilson guy from uh, Texas Tech, and he's a big guy. And that's the thing that I really want. I want a big defensive line. This guy fits the bill: six six, two hundred seventy five pounds out of uh, Texas Tech, and um, had fourteen sacks over the last two seasons. So, and also is apparently a really good uh, run stopper. So, uh, just give me. I, I just need a monster. I need a monster on that end, man. We haven't. We have never drafted a true monster on the defensive end. And uh, I would love to get the opportunity to do that. And we definitely have that with uh, the eighth pick this year. That so, would do, Graham. That'll do. You know, that would I, do. I could keep rambling, but uh, it's hard to talk about people I'm not that familiar with. So we'll shut it down here, folks. We appreciate you all joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta.
Hasta entonces. Hasta entonces.